RadioInfluence.com. everyone and welcome to the Friday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Frankly Val on the drums and Beans. <laughs> you get to see my face now every time like you stutter with your int- introduction. Yeah. Because sometimes I'm like. <laughs> yeah. I just just don't know what to do. Do you laugh? Do you wait? What happens? We have a ton to talk about today, Frank. Um Ton to talk about. Hello to everybody in the chat. I guess, you know, I wasn't going to start with this, but we will. I wasn't going to start with this, but we will. Um, Kirsten Cinema, Frank. Yeah, I heard I heard she's an independent now. She's an independent. It's funny for so many reasons. I got to be. I, listen, they're 50-50 again now, right? So the Herschel Walker Warnock thing means absolutely nothing at this point in time. And if Manchin follows suit, then they don't have a majority anymore. So it's just kind of this little like. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I know. She's been generally middle of the road. I can't say she, you know what I mean? She has. No, I've over the last few years, especially I've given her a lot of credit for uh, picking and choosing her battles to really uh, buck the, the, uh, the intelligentsia of her now former party. I have to give her credit, but uh, it's about all I can give her, I guess. That's all. It's nothing like we should all be like championing and running around like there's some big, huge, massive shift going on. But it is a nice little to the left. I got to be honest, regardless of of, it's fun. I think it's fun. And I read her. She wrote an op-ed for AZ Central. I believe it's behind a paywall. I just archived it and found it. I'll put it in the show notes for everyone. And she's right. For, well, I mean, she's right for the most part of what she says. Basically, well, she, she's she's been at the end of the the harassment uh, spectrum of this year too. She's had the, the butt end of that too, like being inside, being harassed by uh, uh, Democrat protesters inside of a bathroom stall yep. and all that. I mean, so once you start feeling that, I, I don't understand. The person I don't understand is Joe Manchin and West Virginia. I don't understand how West Virginia keeps giving him the job. I, I don't understand that at all. Well, listen, if he does the same thing, which I'd argue he's more centrist than she is, then good. I think we need a little more of that going on, first of all. Second of all, I knew when cinema was running, we were all freaking out because how she dressed and her past. And everybody was like, you know, who was this woman? She doesn't belong in the Senate. And we're like another squad member. And everybody lost it. And then the State of the Union address happened. Do you remember? She yeah. refused to follow suit with all the rest of them. And we were like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And every- standing, standing when she was not supposed to. Mm-hmm. And- Wearing different colors than she was supposed to wear. It was it was just a little play. So she's now an independent. Good for you. Good for Arizona, I guess. I don't know. I'm not a constituent of hers, so I can't speak to her voting record for Arizonans. Maybe someone out there can. And that's fine. Um, but that's some breaking news this morning. I just posted it on Truth Social and started laughing about it because it's funny to me. <laughs> it's it's funny. Um, we are going to do, we're going to start on this Senator Johnson vaccine event that they he had the other day. 
Citizen Free Press has been kind enough to filter out a bunch of highlights from this on one page for us. Guys, if you aren't going over to Citizen Free Press every single day, multiple times a day, you're making a big mistake. It, it's it's the gospel of, of truthful information. It truly is. Do you like it, Frank? I, I, I Yeah, I only, I only use it now. Um, and I, I was still, like I told you, I was still going to Drudge Report for... Uh, for offbeat slash paranormal weird stories about uh, three or four weeks ago. And then th- th- that even started going away. Drudge Report is just a uh, an amalgamation for CBS and and all weird stuff. But, I mean, I, I just love this. Just endless scrolls of information on oh. uh, Citizen Free Press. It goes on and on forever. Here's Drudge. We're looking at it right now. The top is Senate shakeup. Cinema quits Dems. And then they have the traffic listings on here. I just got to say, Citizen Free Press is right underneath BuzzFeed and above Politico in traffic last month. This traffic number they have here is by SimilarWeb. 223,516,700 page views. Um, Kane posted yesterday on socials. They actually have 100 million more than that on their analytics. So that's, that's 324 million page views in a month. That's major. That's major. Now, obviously, the New York Times, CNN have more. Google is third. Google News is third. Fox mm. News comes in right underneath that. Drudge at 646 million. But Citizen Free Press is constantly up in this in this top margin here. Newsmax down at the bottom with 57 million. That's a lot of traffic, guys. It's a lot of traffic. So anyway, Citizen Free Press has done this. Wendy also wrote a summary column. I'm so stunned I'm not hearing more about this everywhere, Frank. Stunned. What? This 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 roundtable he had. Oh. So I'm going to put Wendy's link in the description box and in the show notes after the show. You guys have to go out and read it. It's, it's a great column. It summarizes everything. She wrote it yesterday. But let's listen to some of these clips from this hearing. Um, Malone is answering here whether or not this is a gene therapy or a vaccine. It's a little scientific, but let's listen to the clip anyway, because it's important. David, do you have the exact definition where it went from to where, what it became? We have the inventor of mRNA vaccines sitting, sitting right to my right here. Robert, is this a vaccine or is it a gene therapy? As I've said repeatedly, it came out of a gene therapy research program. These and the adenoviral vectors are absolutely gene therapy technology applied for the purpose of eliciting an immune response. I don't care what the FDA says. There's your answer right there. Okay, thanks. It's a gene therapy. And... McCullough comes on and says, I mean, this, you can't get more stark than this. Not like we're, for the most part, we're preaching to a choir here when we're saying this stuff, but I think we still need to say it. Here we go. I think it has to be said to the pathway to, to prevent any more harm is all the vaccines need to be pulled off the market and withdrawn. That needs to happen immediately. All the vaccine mandates should be dropped immediately. We need He's just talking about COVID, right? immediate fund. He's talking about the COVID vaccines. Just, just those. When he says all the vaccines, he means that that class of yeah. vaccine, mm-hmm. that class of injection. Okay. Yeah. For vaccine injury centers of excellence across the United States for screening, detection, uh, diagnosis, prognosis, and management. Uh, we need a massive shift in our healthcare system towards managing 
now this large number of vaccine-injured people. What's at stake here is death. And the deaths that were reported by Mr. Dowd and, and others, the deaths on a more probable than not basis that are occurring in someone who have taken a vaccine are due to the vaccine and the autopsy studies show it. It's alarming to save American lives. Now these vaccines need to be pulled off the market. Yeah, that's yeah you know, um, but right there, we need to we need to redouble our efforts and put all of our our uh, resources into helping those who have been vaccine injured. You're talking about a class of people who uh, are largely denied to exist. That's the, that's the thing that really sucks here. And it, it, it this ties directly into the kind of mentality behind this medical kidnapping in New Zealand that everybody's talking about. This, you know, this, what you're referencing is the story about a mother who was taking their child in for a transplant. Family asked for unvaccinated blood as a transfusion. And the state took away the child from the parents. And they have their own, and, and uh, plenty of donors have come forward too. So it's not about, it, it's about not wanting to give any kind of credence to this kind of request because of the implications of what it means for those who have 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 caved under the pressure and the propaganda and the sales pitches of these uh, of these these um, these shot pushers. You know, there, it's um, it, it's crazy. It's, it all goes the same thing. And it's all about denying the fact that there is any problem with injury. Yep. And death. so and, and death. death. Um, speaking of injury. You know, coincidence or not, you know, that's one of the things that everybody's always saying, like, where's the proof, blah, blah, blah. That's a whole rabbit hole in and of itself. How do you get proof when no one will acknowledge it's happening? It's it's a nightmare. But Celine Dion comes down with this rare, stiff syndrome nonsense. Now, I did a video about Celine Dion a couple years ago and her ties to the Balenciaga wing of uh, entertainment. So I'm no Celine Dion fan, trust me, okay? But she has this rare disease that that basically ends up paralyzing you. Your muscles become so rigid they can literally break bone in some cases. And she was one of the first people, if I'm not mistaken, to run out and start getting injected with a, a substance she had no idea what it was um they had one former fda employee come out here it's uh david dr david gortler he's the former senior advisor to the fda commissioner um and he spoke yesterday i'm disheartened to to see what's going on with with uh, these vaccines or gene therapy as I constantly go back and forth labeling one or the other. But even more upsetting is that I, I, I can't believe that the FDA, where I, I've, I've worked as a career medical officer, that I'm, I'm the only person who's out of the 20,000 employees or so at the FDA of physicians, pharmacists, nurses, public health officials, that, that's here speaking out about this. I, I, I don't understand. These people took oaths and I, I don't understand why other people aren't speaking out. Great question. Great question. Months ago, I wrote a column saying the time for silence is over. If you are a health professional and you know what's happening, because you can't not at this point, there's no excuse. You okay? Okay. <laughs> too much injury, too much 
too much death, too much adverse event, too much, you know, nonsense. You, you are in a position where your people's family will trust you over their significant other, their mom, their dad, their brother, their sister, their friend, their nephew, their whoever. And if you're not saying something about this at this point, you're complicit in their harm. A hundred percent. If you are a healthcare fi- official who is not saying something about this at this point, you are complicit. I have no qualms in that whatsoever. The I don't want to lose my job or I'm afraid or whatever is only going to last for so long before you're complicit. I uh, I had Scott Shara on the phone uh, on the on the show again the other night, and um, he was telling us about his first his first real uh, hospital rescue story that they, they, they saved this disabled man um, who was brought in for COVID because the, the hospital murders are still happening. And he's talking about it, and it, it really stark, but at the same time, um, very uh, uplifting too. And they saved this one guy. And the, uh, as they were removing him, from the hospital, they signed all their their forms. They're, they're taking him out of there. They had treated him in hospital themselves, bringing him back because they had already given him uh, this. We're talking about a man. I forgot what condition he had. He only weighed forty pounds. Wow. It's, we're talking about a very dis- disfigured, disabled man, but but a man who who wanted to live, who was cognitive, you know, conscious of 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 everything. And um, and was afraid that they were they were trying to kill him. They had already given him three doses of the remdesivir. So they went on in there, and as they as the, the story is incredible, I can't nutshell it. But as they're trying to get him out, um, when they're leaving the hospital, he asked the nurse, the Filipino nurse, you know how you know just and not even in a judgmental kind of a way, because Scott is a very uh, he's a very he's very um, godly kind of guy he's very he fears god loves loves people and just wants to help and he just certainly just asked her why why would you do this you know that this is hurting people why would you give them this, these injections and why are you doing this and she pretty much said in a kind of beaten dog kind of a way that she has a you know a, a visa a green card and she's trying to stay here in this country and if she loses this job she loses everything she has to do as she's told it's like they know there's more and more aside from the psychopaths and the true believers there's a there's a more and more of a uh, a group of people who understand that what they've been doing since the beginning has been harming not 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 helping and that the more they go on it, it has to be a real terrible struggle of conscience and you know i guess they that's the fight that they got they got to fight but it's it sucks sucks to hear about i um it brings me to paul marrick dr paul marrick here who was an esteemed and still is an esteemed expert in his field was the head of the i'm gonna get it wrong but he was the head of the icu for lack of a better explanation um and they fired him because he refused to follow the CDC's rigorous treatment protocol, which include drugs like remdesivir that kill people and wanted instead to be able to use vitamin C and natural, you know, vitamin supplementation and ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine to treat his critically ill COVID patients in the ICU 
when he treated them in the ICU, they saw improvement every time. He only lost one or two, I believe, of all the patients that he was treating with this treatment plan. And because the CDC didn't, quote, recommend those treatments, the hospital refused to let him continue and they fired him. They fired him. So I'm, I'm just I'm trying to remember if he quit or they fired him. I think they fired him, but I, something for some reason is jogging at me. But let's listen to Dr. Merrick because he's been on the front lines of all this for a very long time with Dr. Pierre Corey and FLCCC. Um, and they've they've they're now shifting focus a little bit to um, treating those who've been vaccine injured which is a huge deal for so many people because these are a bunch of physicians who really, really know their stuff. But esteemed people walking away from their careers that they worked their entire lives to build up. And I just don't have any... I'm I'm having a hard time finding sympathy for folks who are in this industry and know what's happening and aren't doing anything about it. It's hard for me. And that that might be um, a little too unempathetic for individual situations, I guess. But bigger picture wise, it's terrible here. Let's listen to Dr. Merrick. In my hospital, I was banned or discouraged from using off-label drugs, which we use every day, methylprednisolone, vitamin C. My hospital would not allow me to use vitamin C. We're talking about basic safe drugs and it's an outrage what they wanted me to use was remdesivir where remdesivir we know and this is not controversial we know according to the who remdesivir increases your risk of kidney failure 20-fold remdesivir will increase your risk of developing renal failure 20-fold it increases your risk of dying by about four percent it has no place in medicine Yet the federal government will give hospitals a 20% bonus on the entire hospital bill if you prescribe this toxic medication. So you can see how the hospitals and the healthcare systems are now subservient to industry rather than doing what's best for their patients. Here's a pediatrician. So a few months ago, I, I looked at the package insert. I pulled it from the box of mRNA product. And, you know, it was sealed just like I'm showing you here. I, I unsealed the box that the entire thing came in. And then I pulled this out. And this is what it looks like. So I'd like to show this to you. It's blank. It's blank. They're it still blank? Still inserts? blank. It's, um, After all this time? Yep. It's blank. Boom. There it, it is. It says intentionally blank on it. That's the data that pharmacists and physicians are basing on giving the injections outside of mainstream media recommendations. There it is right there. Here's a good question. Why didn't they just print that on a piece of paper the size of a postage stamp? Why all the theater of folding it up into a great big piece of paper like, like that? Why? Uh -huh. that's, as, as that's, that's, that's what's passing for informed consent. Right, so how am I to get informed consent to parents when I have, this is what I have. I have a government that's telling me that I have to say safe and effective, and if I don't, my license is at threat. Um, how am I to give informed consent to patients? We're seeing an uptick in myocarditis. We're seeing an uptick in adverse reactions. We have trusted these regulatory agencies, I have, for my entire career, 
up until now. Something is extremely wrong. So keep talking, Dr. Renata Moon. There's more. There's one more clip. Dr. McCullough talking about some of the side effects of of the injections. We'll listen to it. But this, I just the biggest crime against humanity in history ever, ever. It pales in comparison to. I mean, everything else pales in, in comparison to this. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I, I, I that's I. Just, you know, we've been talking a lot about Nazis lately, yep, Tracy. Yep. And uh, I love when uh, people get, oh, how, dare, how dare you talk about Nazi Germany with any kind of objectivity? Don't you know that crimes against humanity were committed there? It's like, do you know where we live? Do, do you, have you been tracking the cultural trends with within and without the government? How we are taking the genitalia off of small children we are we are i mean have everything we're doing right here today so i uh i i think it's incredible i love when people say oh man if i was around back in in uh, the 19 the late 1930s i would have been a resistance member in in nazi germany i would have I would have been seeding the, the the seeds of dissent. You would have been checking papers, you freak. Yeah, I'll be right back. I just got to go get my next COVID booster. <laughs> you would have been checking papers. I, Don't talk to me about resistance. I got a um, text from a, a friend of the show this morning. She said sympathy card section at my supermarket is completely empty and sent me a picture of it. Do you ever see the sympathy card section empty? Ever? I, I mean, hey, listen, it's a, I know, I know. It's anecdotal. It's, it's anecdotal, but it's got to mean something. Kara, let's listen to this last clip from McCullough, and then we will, we will, we will shift into some more positive stuff. 1,200 different diseases were reported. What's called special adverse events of interest. It's, it's where these lipid nanoparticles went and installed and the spike protein was produced, created an array of problems. And the FDA agrees on now four broad categories of damage that these cause. One, they cause heart damage. Myocarditis, they also precipitate uh, uh, heart attacks and cardiovascular deaths. FDA agrees. FDA agrees they cause blood clots. All of them do. In every organ in the body, blood clots, venous and arterial. The FDA agrees they cause neurologic damage, damage in the brain, damage to the peripheral nerves, and they cause immunologic damage that relates to the blood system uh, and bleeding and, and, um, uh, and various immunologic uh, syndromes. We have never seen a medicinal product cause this array of damage to the human body. It. And the, the and the array of damage from the beginning, what we were talking about with Gert, Gert Vandenbosch and other people who were saying, who were sending out those early warnings yep. about Im immune escape and everything else, we, we were saying from the beginning, this is going to be the margin of chaos in which they are going to be able to completely shirk responsibility because the kinds of auto, the, the range of autoimmune and other issues that are going to pop up are going to be able to hide 
any one cause within you know within the the, the cloud of plausible deniability that that, that this is what's going we're going to see the excess deaths we're going to know that something's wrong well and anybody who's been paying attention will know what the hell is causing it but as far as the perpetrators go there it, there's going to be a, a sh- sufficient margin to uh to shirk responsibility for this at least for a time i have um real quick i have doubt about excess mortality and that's going to be it i i that's going to be it on that part this part of it because there's more to talk about in this realm and it shifts into the censorship talk we're going to be doing today so uh, my story is pretty simple our story is pretty simple josh has done some work as well um the bottom line can i get the next slide please um the bottom line is we saw 2020 pre-vaccine and 2021 and 22 post-vaccine. There was a mixed shift from 2020 to 21 of excess mortality from old to young. So in 2020, it was mostly old people. We also saw um, a mixed shift in uh, disability starting to rise in May of 21. Um, the excess mortality has shifted so much so that it's, uh, it's pretty phenomenal what you see here in the charts before you. This is not my data, this is a society of actuaries. In 2021, in ages 25 through 64, the employed people of our nation covered under group life, they experienced a 40% excess mortality. As quoted by a CEO of an insurance company, just a 10% increase in excess mortality is a three standard deviation event or once in a 200 year flood. So 40 is off the charts. What's interesting about this is that the general overall population experienced 32% excess mortality. This group life uh, policyholder subset is much healthier in general than the overall population as done by previous studies. They experienced mortality 30 to 40% that of the general population. So something flipped in 2021 by eight points. That's insane. In Sane. This is why another reason I, I want to drill this point home again. When people uh, w- with this whole Twitter thing and Elon Musk, all of a sudden Tesla, Twitter, Musk is under federal investigation and more so with Neuralink. We have to have a probe into Neuralink. Yeah. 1500 Neuralink monkeys were may have been experimented on and they died in the experimenting process. We need a probe into it. It's about losing foothold on one of their favorite bullhorn toys on the internet. It is not about because they give a damn about the kind of damage that they're doing to any kind of organic life form. We are, because this, these numbers and the fact that they would freak out and probe Elon Musk over 1500 Neuralink monkeys is incredible. Think about, how many scores more there have been a hundred times more VARES reports on the vax than there have been Neuralink monkeys experimented with that might have had some problems and that's what they're worried about so yeah it's a big deal um the house passed their defense bill upped military spending that's not what we're going to talk about scrapped the vaccine mandate for the military where do all the people that forced themselves to get this go to get their lives back now? Where do all the people who were dishonorably discharged and lost their pension go to get their money back now and their careers back and their good names back in the military? Where do they go? 
And for the holdouts, God bless you, because without you, this never would have happened. Unbelievable. I'm happy, but unbelievable. It's way too late. And they're still Mr. Whatever his name is walking around with his 70 masks on and the plastic screen in front of his face, three times infected, four times vaccinated. Screw you people. Screw all of you. How's that? Hmm? How do you like it? Anyway. Um, and th- and this, this is who the New Zealand government is trying to protect the feelings of when they go and they kidnap a baby instead of allowing a parent a reasonable request of taking whatever blood donors they choose for a vital heart surgery it, because they because because it that that is better that is better than allowing any kind of validation for the conspiracy theorists who have smelled this scam since the beginning i'm surprised yeah go ahead no, I'm surprised that they even were letting that child have the operation without being vaccinated. That's yeah, something else. Because we've seen that happening all over the country. I, I guess because of the emergency level of it, they can just get the, the child into the operating room and they know damn well that by taking the blood of people who have been vaccinated, this child is going to be just as vaccinated as everybody else. Unbelievable. Which is which uh, again brings up a real big fear that people should have about the future. I mean, you can, I spend a good amount of time taking care of myself, but I know that the grab bag of life is sometimes a cruel and unexpected one, even if it's just falling down a flight of steps and a compound fracture of a leg or something like that, something you need surgery for, something that you lose. I, you know, I mean, people with compound fractures need blood transfusion sometimes, you know. A, no, a, they, a, a, that's why they're starting up these unvaccinated blood bank banks everywhere. They, they're right. starting them up. I'm going to get it from a family member if I can. I'm I'm with you. I totally get it. I totally I would rather lose a leg than get that tainted ass blood in my body. But that's what that's Seriously. what I'm saying. It, it's more. I know that people are thinking about this, and I know that the uh, the unvaccinated know how important they are, especially if they are of the mindset to be able to give blood. But it's it's also about the mindset and the administrative tyranny of these individual hospital systems. Unbelievable. You know, it's it it really is. It's it's terrible. I mean, you think about what pharmacies, people who have absolutely uh, companies that have absolutely no right in getting involved in a person's path to getting treated to have how they injected themselves in between patients and doctors. You don't think hospitals, which are staffed by these crazy ass doctors. These priests and priestesses. Rumble chat. They, someone said they have no problem giving them the kids trans surgeries, though. No problem not, not, doing that. None whatsoever. Right? None whatsoever. Unbelievable. So, listen, we could go on. I could talk about this topic for hours. We've spent hours and hours on this podcast talking about this topic. We won't stop doing that. But it's all coming to a head now in a lot of different ways. Is it coming to a head with some grandiose press conference where the entire world gasps and says, oh my God, no. But it's coming to a head in a lot of different ways. Um, before- it should, be. it should be gasping, but the problem is just like everything else that there's just too many people now that we live around. There's nothing, You just it's the Sam Harris mentality. There is no pile of bodies big enough 
to get them to care at this point. Which blows my mind because how many people have lost family, friends, young children, that, that hockey player the other day who died of a heart attack at 12 years old and they tried to blame it on RSV or the flu. Give me a break. All right. We live we live in a post political world. This is purely sectarian from now on. There's no there's there's no reasoning to be had. It's just sectarianism. It's religions clashing on a battlefield. I just spilt my entire coffee cup of liquid all over myself. You like this mug? Let me see it. Hold on. Oh, yeah. And then, yes. look, look, I have this one, too, because I... It, it dis disappeared with the green screen for a second. What does that one say? It's beans plus the UDC local equals a red pill. Ah, and it keeps it keeps flashing I know, out. I know. There you go. You can see it now. There you, I can see that now. Yes. And nice. then the back says, because you can handle the truth. Uncovered. No, I, I'm surprised that you have not tried to find somebody, a ro coffee roaster out there to develop me, to develop beans. your own coffee bean. <laughs> Come on, I man. Ha I have my own coffee now. It's fantastic. I have to send you a couple of uh, bags. Yeah, I'm a little upset that that didn't happen, like, literally. Well, I just... I just got them. I mean, I had the test bags down there at uh, in Myrtle Beach. I was testing them down there, uh, but uh, I, I have the, the finished ones now. I can I'll send it to you for Christmas. No one ever thinks about me. What are you talking about? I just did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Steve Friend, whistleblower from the FBI that we interviewed is a brilliant writer. And not only is he a brilliant writer, he is really, really snarky and witty. I mean, really smarky, snarky and witty. He wrote a column for Uncover DC. He wrote an op-ed for us um, about uh, interrogating COVID after a thousand days. And one of the, the things that he said in here just had me on the floor. Um, are medical experts' suggestions about lockdowns, masks, distancing, vaccination, etc., were tantamount to a desert island tribal medicine man wearing a jaguar skull and animal loincloth recommending a necklace of garlic to ward off evil spirits capable of transmitting the bubonic plague. This is not hyperbole. My own physician told me the best way to counter the Delta variant was hot and cold showers in rapid succession. I suppose the Walgreens across the street was fresh out of leeches. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! He, I, I, there's so much funny stuff in there, but yeah. I, it gets was the hot and cold showers for real? Yes, yes. Oh. You got to read this whole thing. He, he you got to read it. It's really good, Frank. This might not might even be a good one for your show to read on your show because it is so full of wit and. Just he's just this is the kind of guy I want to stay at the FBI. I don't want this person leaving like just a great, great piece. You Well, text text me the link. I, 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 I will. That, that was funny. That You're, one piece, that one uh, excerpt was funny. It's it's look, he says here uh, here. I have some questions. Sunday marks a thousand days since President Trump announced 15 days to flatten the curb on Mar curve on March 16th. At the time, the world faced the prospect of a global pandemic, the lights of which modern nations had not encountered in nearly a century. 
The intervening days, months, and years introduced everyone to terms like social distancing, immunocompromise, gain of function, quarantine, and variant. We were bombarded with recommendations to stay home, stay safe, buoyed to keep faith in our healthcare heroes, and reminded that we are all in this together during these unprecedented times. Barf, shaking my head. Delete your account. <laughs> it's great. It's just barf. Barf, SMH, delete your account. It's a. <laughs> I, just love, I love that. I'm sorry. It's just yeah, really good. It reminds me of my, my one of my favorite memes that I don't use often enough. It's this meme. It's this old uh, Freddie Mercury solo album cover where he's just kind of looking at the camera. But somebody superimposed somebody holding a gun like this. So he's kind of like looking at the camera with a gun up with the, with his aviator glasses on. And it just says, <laughs> delete this. So, you know, so, so I love when somebody says something obscene on the Internet or something that's just like a cursed kind of a thing to say that makes you feel weird you just put freddie mercury threatening you with a gun to delete this post it's, it's, i love that hold on to that one that's a good one so <laughs> we're moving into the censorship files which stems out of covid because a large portion of censorship was occurring around trying to save lives from all of this bullshit they were trying to shove down our throats with covid like the America First legal team, who's involved in a separate sort of an engagement than the Missouri v. Biden case on censorship, discovered that the CDC also had a portal. Ugh, that's gross. Sorry about that, guys. Also had a portal to collect tickets to be able to censor accounts that were spreading wrong think. I'm not even going to say it's misinformation. They know all too well that it's not misinformation. They all know it, okay? They know. So that bunch of documents came out. Barry Weiss, who left the New York Times, she was an editor there because she didn't like what was going on at the New York Times and started her own gig, dropped part two of the Twitter files last night where we learned everything we already knew once again. Shadow banning, different criteria of people depending on your account, banning people even though you publicly you acknowledge internally they didn't break any rules deboosting all of the things that we talked about that they denied right out in the open for everyone to see and the cia and the fbi heading it up because they take people from there and they bring them on over to twitter and then they take people from the fbi if you read the elvis chan deposition in the Missouri v. Biden case, you'll know that a lot of the guys from the FBI that were working with Twitter went over to Microsoft and Google, and they have cushy jobs there now. You think that their ties have been severed? Mm -hmm. Give me an effing break. And it's looking more and more like it's a CIA operation inside the United States, which is patently illegal, not allowed at all let alone the rest of the shit that's wrong with it. And my, my mouth is on fire this morning, so apologies. But you cannot run a CIA operation on your own people. I know we've done it plenty of times. I'm not saying that we haven't. I'm just saying this is pretty bad. Yes. It's yeah. really, in, really bad. In a bad. nutshell, it's terrible. Really, Terrible really but unsurprising. However, there's good news. Here's the Barry Weiss Twitter threads Twitter files part two thread. I'll put it in the show notes. 
Matt Taibbi has part three. There's a couple people that we know on here, obviously. They mention um, Libs of TikTok. They mention Dan Bongino. They mention Charlie Kirk. Um, I'm still waiting for my account to be back. Laura Loomer and Roger Stone were brought back onto the platform yesterday. That's great. Good for them. What about Roger the rest Stone's of us? Roger Stone's back. Roger Stone's back. Roger Stone's back. Now, forget me. I I want my account back too because I want to reach all these people with the with the the underneath of this surface level that they're not talking about because there is a whole they're doing very surface level like Oh yeah, blah, blah, blah. There's so much more that people need to know and the reach on Twitter is there, so I need to be there. I want my account. But what about you? There's this one person that, not you, Frank. You. There's this one person that comments on my account all the time that says, I'm just a grandma. <laughs> what does that mean? She was suspended from Twitter and she's just a grandma who is posting about politics. I, I mean, I, I wonder about the smaller the smaller accounts too. Like mm-hmm. I wonder about the very small accounts that uh, maybe didn't tweet a lot, that didn't that just caught up in these big sweeps. Is it going to just be flipping the switch, or should people start feeling uh, a little bit more comfortable? Like if if you didn't have a branded account, for example, you had I didn't know that you were close to a million subscribers. I thought that you had around half a million, but let's say somebody has. 10,000 to a half a million subscribers. Obviously, you want a reinstatement, but is it okay for people who are just casual users of the platform that caught, got caught up to at least just go make a new one and start, start? I mean, no, they're not that? letting people do it, do that. They're saying it's ban evasion. They track you. Let me tell you something. You know who the most important people who need their accounts back are? The people who casually use the platform that have like 20 followers. Not yeah. me. Without those people, anything I'm doing is falling on deaf ears. So I'm more concerned about, like, I want to be lumped in with those folks. I don't, I, that's who I want to be brought back with. Because otherwise, like, they had as much influence in sharing and commenting and sharing their thoughts as I did. My, my voice wasn't weighted higher than theirs, right? They're important too. I honestly really mean that. Um, that's not just like, I... I I need it back because I need to reach the middle that aren't on Truth Social. I'm never leaving Truth Social. I love that platform. I love it. I love all the alternative platforms I'm using. I'm not going anywhere ever. I'm staying on all of them. There is not going to be a difference. But I want that audience because I want to reach them with information and I want you guys to help me reach them with information. So there's that. Now, I'm talking a lot today, Frank. Please forgive me. Okay. Forgiven. So, there was a ruling in the Missouri v. Biden case yesterday, or two days ago. Okay. <laughs> so now I just want to break it down for people who might not be following along. Missouri, Louisiana, the Gateway Pundit, and a couple of other people involved in COVID stuff, uh, doctors, the Great Barrington Declaration and stuff like that, brought a suit against um, the government, accusing them of censoring on working with social media companies to censor Americans based on a number of different topics, election integrity, the Hunter Biden laptop, COVID, all of the things. Mm-hmm. They're asking the judge in the case for a temporary injunction, which bars the government from taking any action 
with social media companies or talking to them at all and stops them from doing any of the things that they've been doing and censoring based on any viewpoint or anything like that. So right in front of the judge right now, before we even get into the actual case, is this temporary injunction that he has to rule on to stop this while the case goes on, right? The government said, in order to prove this to you, judge, why we need it, we need expedited discovery and expedited depositions of these people that we know have been engaged in X, Y, and Z. They got the, the discovery. It proved out the censorship. It proved that CISA was calling your thoughts cognitive infrastructure and a host of other things. It proved that the Disinformation Governance Board was just a straw man for trying to fund what they were already doing at CISA in censoring everybody and working with the social media companies. They took, they've taken a couple of depositions so far and the government, the Biden administration has fought this tooth and nail in every court they could possibly get into, mandamus positions in the Fifth Circuit, going outside judge shopping to Washington DC. They have been fighting a tooth and nail everywhere and they have lost at every turn so far. The Fifth Circuit of Appeals said, we're not going to rule, like they went to the Fifth Circuit and said, we shouldn't have to, there are five people here that they shouldn't be deposed because it's an undue burden and they're too high level. And the judge in that case said, all right, I'm not going to bar them from being deposed outright. I'm going to ask this judge to circle back and talk to the plaintiffs and have the plaintiffs, you know, brief him on who can be a suitable replacement for some of these people. And that's where we were at so they didn't get a win they gotta let's look at this again so i i, I love the i love the, the undue burden part like these people like you know jen saki's busy she's busy that's exactly it's, right it's, she hasn't even gotten her christmas shopping done yet we come on now stop it i know she needs she needs to get her kids their american girl dolls before she can testify didn't even do her christmas shopping come on so Jen Psaki in particular, who is no longer part of the government, Frank, but was very integral in talking about how they were going to punish social media companies who didn't go along with their censorship dictates by saying, oh, we're going to punish you with antitrust or, oh, we're going to punish you with Section 230, like blatantly saying it when the, the Missouri tried to get more information about this from them, from the White House press office, they were like, oh, well, she's not here anymore. So we don't know. We have no information for you whatsoever. So they were like, all right, well then we need her because clearly she got it from someone. She said it. Yeah. So she, they said, we need to depose Jen Psaki, even though she's a non-party to this case. She's no longer a party to the case because she's not in office anymore, but she's huge to the lawsuit. The Biden administration says we have nothing we can give you to give you any more information about this whatsoever. There doesn't exist anything. Bullshit. Excuse my New York. BS. So Jen Psaki goes to DC, petition to judge there. Jeannie Ree, who is one of the fixers for the Obama administration, Mueller special counsel attorney, all kinds of different things with Ree, is defending Psaki. Government attorneys are in there defending Psaki. Judge in Virginia says, no, screw you. I'm not ruling on this. I'm sending this back to Virginia, uh, back to Louisiana where it belongs. And if I do rule on it, I'm ruling against you. So you probably don't want me to do that. Sends it back. And now yesterday, 
everybody submits their things about who potential uh, substitutions could be. And I'm going to tell you, the substitutions for the heads of departments are not any better for the government than the heads of the departments were. So to me, it's really a non-issue because the judge says in this order, for all you guys that are suitable replacements, if you don't give up the goods, guess what? Department heads are coming in right behind you. So you better not try to hide discovery or push anything under the rug or not give the answers that we're asking. Because if you do, we have the judges telling them we're bringing in the other people. You're not getting around any of this. Yesterday, the judge ruled on all this. Jen Psaki has to sit for a deposition. There is no if ends about it. She's not going to be able to get around it. Judge did exactly what the upper court wanted him to do in regards to discovery and deposition of the other people. Rules on all of them. Yes, they have to be deposed. Yes, they have to be deposed. There's really no way to get around it at this point. The one thing I was worried about, which is the motion to dismiss in the case, the judge basically said in this order, one of the arguments in the motion to dismiss was um, the plaintiffs don't have standing to sue us. The standing argument, right? The same thing that everybody in election integrity lawsuits gets challenged with. Well, you don't have standing. Here's why. This long motion to dismiss just goes through pages of standing. And the judge in the case says, I basically already ruled that your standing argument is nonsense when I granted the temporary injunction discovery. So I'm not going to wait to rule on your motion to dismiss it first. They wanted to pause everything, have the judge rule on the motion to dismiss first, and then pick this all up. But it's just a stall tactic. This case is moving forward. I'm going to keep talking about it, and everybody's probably going to get bored eventually. I don't even know how you could get bored. It, it, this this is... A, when, when, when does it come to a head? Like, when... when it's just going to be obvious. January? It's going to be 2023. January. January, he'll probably rule on the, the temporary injunction. It was filed in July. A temporary wow. injunction is like, do this fast. It was filed in July, so so... January will probably end up being the hearing and stuff and the ruling on the temporary injunction, which I will be on. He's going to grant. He's already said that they've proven their case in just the limited discovery that they've produced so far. In this order yesterday, he goes so far as to say, hey, guys, listen, this discovery is not going to be all the discovery there is in the case. If the case moves forward past the motion to dismiss, there'll be a lot more discovery. So don't think that you're getting out of this with just these small group of people. This is a landmark case, landmark. And no court has wanted to step in or step on any of it. They failed at everything so far. I mean, failed miserably every turn. I've never seen anything like it before in modern history. Usually the government appeals to the Fifth Circuit and the Fifth Circuit's like, okay, daddy government, yes. Mm-mm, not Different this time. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's amazing. I, yeah, no, it is. It is. And, our, our, and, and these depositions, they're not going to be public though, right? We're not going no, to No, they are. Watch. Okay. They're already public. They're not allowed to release the video yet. That's what I want. I mean, that's what I was asking about, video. The transcripts are out. Elvis Chan, the FBI agent, and Anthony Fauci both have been deposed. Their transcripts have been released. Um, they're linked in the column that I did yesterday. Along with, if you guys are behind on this and you want a refresher, there's three columns in there that I did that are straightforward, easy to read, straight through. That'll catch you up to speed. Don't fall behind on this case. 
Everybody talks about this whole Brunson thing. It's columns that pittance. Not happening. This, yes. Brunson is in the same place that every single other case that is filed at the Supreme Court docket for a writ of certiorari is. It has not done anything special. There's nothing There's nothing special about it. January 6th is going to come. It's going to go in front of the justices. They're going to say, we can't even grant this relief if we wanted to. I'm, I will eat my hat if that case is heard by the Supreme Court. This is the case that you should be focusing on. And I never say that. I never say, don't look over there, look over. This case, this one. Hmm. Hmm. I don't care if the Epoch Times wrote about Brunson. I don't care. I don't care. I'm not changing my mind. I am where I am. Nothing's changing my mind. I know exactly where it is. I know the process and procedure. I know the history. I know the statistics. It's just my, it's my opinion on it. Not changing my mind. So there's that. Coming next year. In a couple of weeks. Next year's in next, a couple of weeks. Next year is a couple of weeks away. Are you going to zoom in for the New Year's Eve extravaganza? Again, like what? last year? Oh, 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 oh. Well, I don't know. We'll see. Got to see what the, my, my plans are. And if we're out, if we're hosting again, if we're hosting again like we did last year, I'd be able to call up and say, hey, what's up? For sure. Yeah, we had uh, nice. some of the people from the Dark to Light extravaganza over the summer came to my New Year's Eve shindig last year, and we brought Frank in via Zoom from outside because in South Carolina, you can be outside on New Year's Eve in a tank top. Oh, in a tank top, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but we were outside. I was outside when we called you. I was me and, and me and a few a uh, few people were sitting around our fire pit having a, having a discussion. So we were outside too. I hope that it's another New Year's Eve like that. It could be a blustery, icy one and then it doesn't matter what kind of fire you have it's just it's just not comfortable the so as long as it's still I, I love cold nights as long as it's still it's almost like you're just living inside of an ice pack and you can just feel the head-to-toe inflammation just being treated it's a wonderful i like it breathing. too i like that too to be honest um get to stimulate your vagus nerve just breathe it deep get it on down into your stomach it's good stuff some of the um some of the what's it called uh people the drinking patriots brought their children um they have a very very large family they brought all their kids and christine brought her kids and a bunch of other people brought their kids and everybody was in the pool swimming on new year's eve and new year's day they're yeah. swimming away in the pool all right real quick before we end today because we're almost done um did you see this um just to remind everyone, my account is permanently suspended. Did you see the Project Veritas uh, release from this school in Chicago that you have to pay $40,000 a year to send your kid to that's passing around butt plugs and dildos to 14-year-old girls in the uh, class? I did, yes. Is this the same place where the uh, parents and staff of the school actually has come to, to support the administrator yes. in question. Yes. We stand by him and the butt plugs. I mean, let's. I, 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 he looks like he should be a, a, a movie character. Hold on, I'm going to play it real quick. When James Joe Bruno, Joe Bruno is being confronted by James O'Keefe outside of his school, it, it, it's he's a very strange man. It's just very weird. Here we go. Joe Bruno. Yes. Hi there. 
um, James O'Keefe with Project Look at Veritas. how he stands. He stands so strange, if you can see it. I don't know if you can. He stands. I, I am. So I watched the whole thing. It is very weird. It, it's terrible. He looks like he looks like a, a, a uh, he is no doubt in my mind a video game NPC. Yes. Yeah, he's, he looks he's, like he's, so he's, Gigi said he looks like Borat. Exactly. Yeah, he looks like somebody that you're you're in a you're in an RPG game you go to to get a side quest from. <laughs> okay. All right. No, no. Someone said not strange, just gay. No. I know a lot of gay people that do not stand that way and do not present that way. Like there's something not right. There's something energetically not right there. It's just very yeah. weird. I'm sorry. That's not. Here's James O'Keefe, though. We'll end with this. So today we're going to talk about how we can find out and how much we can find out and what it takes to get there. First, we have to decide how much we want to find out. So let's say in this case, you want to find out at a level of around seven. And I come over horizontally where it intersects with the gradient. That's the gradient line. And then I bring it down all the way to number seven on the fuck around line. And there we have it right there in the intersection point. So here that's gonna tell me how much I have to fuck around to find out what it is I have to find out. As you can see, the more you fuck around, the more it is that you're gonna find out. If you stay down here, if you never fuck around, you're never gonna find out. Joe Bruno. Yes. Hi there. Um, James O'Keefe with Project Veritas. You're on camera here talking about giving anal sex toys and butt plugs to little children. Sir, why are you running? Why are you running away? Sir, anal butt plugs and toys? He this was a private matter. No. Well, I mean, if, if, like, if, why, why is this an issue? Uh, if why is it you would think that he'd be able to stand there and 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 talk about it proudly what this this is the supposedly nothing wrong with it right right and the, why, why he's running yes and this is the same argument you make with with libs of tiktok who does nothing but take their own literal clips unedited from other platforms and showcase them on twitter for people if what you're doing is so great like if someone took my podcast or our podcast and put it out somewhere else and said look at what these people are doing i'd be like damn freaking right well i mean if they took a five second clip a five second sound bite and mischaracterized it then of course then you have to you have to be able to but this right. is, but like you said you're taking whole cloth with full context and just syndicating it like and when, they yep. say they call foul you know it's like when people are like she's an anti-vaxxer i'm like hell yes i am an anti-vaxxer and someone's gonna clip this out now i am i'm happy happy to say it don't mind sorry not sorry <laughs> not well, sorry she shouldn't be well can you trust somebody who's an anti-vaxxer then don't I'm, trust me I'm, you freak that's the best part i never ask people to trust me i just show them the information they need to make the decision on their own anyway that's it we're done <laughs> we're done for today this i was... gotta go change my butt plug <laughs> i was waiting for it I, was... day, I gotta get the day started well, make sure you don't use spit and you use lube, Frank, like I they know, say in the I Project Veritas video. I saw. I know. 
seriously. Terrible. Gosh, you have I hear been... the guy. I hear the guys in. Uh, no, never mind. No, never what, mind. what? What? Say it. Say it. Say it. It's gonna say I hear the guys in prison use mayonnaise. <laughs> oh no! That's what I hear. How do you know, Frank? I've never been to prison. I just, I just hear things. <laughs> I told you you didn't want me to say it. I, I was about to hold it. myself back. I was holding it by. Okay. Let's just say, if this show went the way we joke around in private, we'd have a completely different audience. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you got to ease people into this stuff. <laughs> All right. You have been listening to the Friday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Frankie Val on the drums and Beans. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and. <laughs> What was the matter? A comment, somebody. Oh, was that what Brian's comment? <laughs> Subvet? Who? Oh, Frank Wait. doesn't need Lou? Yeah. <laughs> Just jam it in. <laughs> You're like a real man. <laughs> what do you do that over again, okay? Because okay. I think I'm going to give Jason the opportunity to chop that part out just in case he doesn't. What, what, like the last five minutes? Yeah. You have been listening to the Friday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Frankie Val on the drums, on Frankie Val on the plug, and I should have thought about that right before. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern Time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. Also, if you're up bright and early in the morning, you can hear us on True, I'm sorry, on Rumble and Getter broadcasting live at 8.30 a.m., We will be back here on Monday. Later.